With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, we are live, everybody, following a very entertaining UFC Vegas 16 event that took a few hits before things got underway, but it all wrapped up with Marvin Vittori picking up the biggest win of his career over Jack Hermanson. As we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 16 post-fight show live here on MMAfighting.com. Thank you for joining us. We're here to discuss this event with all of you, so get those questions in there. Ladies and gentlemen, and we will get to them for sure. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the Prince of Positivity himself, Alex Kaylee, as well as producer extraordinaire, E. Casey Lydon. How are you, gentlemen? So <laughs> <laughs> what an awkward start to this thing. We're only in minute. That's how we like but, it. Uh, <laughs> that's just it. Yeah, that's how we like it. Oh, man. But AK, we had ourselves an event that had some bumps in the road, especially with like two to three hours to go. But those left on the card, they were all ready to go. They were fired up and they delivered some fun fights and some some big performances out there. So your thoughts on the event overall tonight before we get into the, the top couple of fights and the fan questions. Yeah, it was it was a solid show. It was a solid show. Uh, it, it, I don't think there was a bad fight on the night. Uh, again, unless you consider, you know, fights that some of the fights that may end too quickly as being, you know, a, a lackluster. But I think most people, when there's a fast finish, feel pretty good about it. So, yeah, solid card. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it was like an amazing card, but uh, given what they had to deal with, again, yeah, a few fights dropping off. Some really good ones, too. You know, uh, uh, Evloev and, uh, and Landver was one a lot of people were looking forward to. I thought uh, Montana De La Rosa and Tyler Santos was a really intriguing fight as well. So so to lose those and uh, still put together a compelling card was, was really great. I, I wish there was a way, you know, an eight-fight card could still somehow end before <laughs> one in the morning. Uh, or I guess in about 15 minutes ago, maybe 12.45. But I understand there's broadcasting uh, necessities that have to be acknowledged. So uh, solid card, solid card. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say like, oh, they blew it out of the water with, with this eight-fight card. No, it's good. Good stuff. And, and congrats to everyone who, who performed tonight. 
Casey, what did you think? Were you, were you entertained tonight? Oh yeah. Yeah. Good entertainment tonight. Uh, these, these, it's just too late. It's just, these cards are just going way too late. And I, I feel like at the beginning of the ESPN era, we were all like ESPN, the, the cards are so, they're, they're so, they're so much better paced. But now we're, I feel like we're, we're kind of getting back to the FS1 era where like, you know, just these cards just seem to never end. Um, not because they're bad fights. It's just, there's just a lot of fights, you know, n- late at night and just Saturday after Saturday, but fights, but, but just the fights themselves, good fights, very entertaining. Like, like Alex said, not a, not a crappy one, just, um, good fights. Yeah. Before we start breaking down the main event, cause the bonuses, I don't believe have been released yet. Mm. AK, we have any predictions here for the bonuses tonight? I- Flay the night, pretty obvious. Got to be in the main event. Uh, knock on the night, Jordan Levitt's definitely going to get one. Uh, that slam, uh, we'll talk about more later, I'm sure. But uh, one of the best knockouts of the year. And then the other performance bonus is a tough one. This is one of those really nice weekend where you know, and I, I'm a broken record. I say this all the time. Just give fifty thousand dollar bonuses to everyone who got a finish. That's the way it should work in these situations. Um, they're not going to do that, of course. So uh, my other one would go to man. I I really liked uh, Benitez's knee. Uh, that's who I would give it to. I think they might just go with the uh, co-main event and then Jamal Hill. Yeah, I think that's that, that that's the answer. But we'll see what happens. Casey, your pick. Teporia, Teporia. I didn't mention Teporia. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> obvious fight of the night, uh, the main event um, performance. Jamal Hill. Jamal is it Jamal? Yeah, Jamal Hill. And the other performance, I'm going to give it to um, Teporia. I'm not. I'm actually gonna. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Levitt. Um, I ju- yeah, not giving me the Levitt. Sorry, I just. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Matt Wyman later, and if Matt Wy- Matt Wyman should uh, even been in the UFC cage tonight. Sure, sure. But uh, and that's not that's not Jordan Levitt's fault. But I the the, the guy across from me does matter. Let's talk about this uh, main event before the bonuses come out. We'll let you know as soon as they do. But we saw AK Marvin Vittori, who was somewhat disappointed in his performance after the fact, gets a four to one win on the scorecards. We thought the tides may have turned in the third round heading into round four, but Vittori just kind of woke back up. Rafael Cordero, A plus in the corner tonight. Vittori comes through and gets it done. What did you make of Marvin Vittori's career changing victory tonight? I was wondering, you know, uh, first of all, I hate I hate myself because uh, on the preview show, I picked Vittori, uh, and then I later changed my official pick. It, you know, I, I I think people should take my written predictions that are published on the set as my final pick. <laughs> I did change over to Hermanson. I don't know if it was one of you guys that convinced me, but I thought well, you picked Vittori as well. But I, 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 I don't know. I hate myself for changing the pick because everything I thought the Vittori was, he showed. You know, top-shelf striker, really good athlete. He's, he's a high-level athlete of 185 for sure. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the reason he won. I'm saying that's one of the assets that kind of helps him uh, avoid some dangerous situations and why he's he's so quick. Great chin, obviously, young guy, prime of his career, can take a lot of hits because Herm, Her, Hermanson was was headhunting uh, in the last couple of rounds there. And uh, Vittori could take it and still stick with his game plan and still be consistent with his offense. So I think he really showed a lot. Uh, he's going to take a top five spot. That's where Hermanson was uh, heading into the night, and he deserves it. Is he going to take a top five spot, Casey? I think he's going to get a big leap. I don't know if you could just insert him right into like the number four, number five spot. I mean, it was a big win over a rank guy. No doubt about it. Opportunity knocked and he answered it. But Tuesday morning, do you think he's going to be ranked number five or, or even better than that? 
No, I don't have him. I don't have him in my top five. I thought Hermanson was a little overvalued ranking wise. Um, but I picked Hermanson coming into this. So, um, but I just didn't think that I actually just didn't think Hermanson was a top five fighter either. But um, no, I don't think so. Who do we have? We have uh, Izzy counts as he doesn't count as one because he's the champ. So we have Whitaker. Who who we met? Whitaker, Cannoneer, Paul Costa, Cannoneer, Cannoneer. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Romero is still oh, ranked right now. So well, we would take maybe, him out. Maybe if right? Romero out of the rankings, maybe he might make top exactly. five. Actually, but yeah, Romero exactly. out of the rankings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you put him above Darren Till and Derek Brunson sure. and? Oh, Derek Brunson. I forgot about Mr. Brunson. I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually. Um, yeah. I think all those are kind of interchangeable of a plus or two. You know, like if you put someone number six, you could probably justify be put him at four. But uh, I think the top three or four, I guess, are pretty settled. Cannoneer, Costa, Whitaker. Who am I missing? Hermanson's four right now. Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, no. I don't know. Maybe he does get up there. Process of yeah. elimination. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I put him well, in there. Yeah. I forgot about Romero because you got to take Romero out of it. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. does kind of change things up. Which is so wild. Yeah. That's it's awesome. just so wild. <laughs> I, like how we, I like how we're just casually saying, oh, by the way, Romero's no longer in the rankings. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, R- yeah. R- R- Romero got the Liz Carmouche treatment. You, you, you lose the stinker title fight and you're done. <laughs> so he'd crazy. also, I think, what? He'd also, I think, what? What? One, what? One fight in this last. Like four appearances. Oh, we're gonna do that. We're Again, gonna do that. We're gonna do that. Okay. I know. I know. And those those don't tell the story. Same because I, I made the same argument for uh, Juicy Formiga, who who lost three straight fights, and I was still like, it's crazy to cut this guy. So we just lost in the last month two top five guys uh, in their divisions. Maybe, maybe Formiga was out of the top five by then, but Formiga was still top ten. We lost top ten to flyweight, and we lost top five middleweight. That's crazy. <laughs> That's real crazy. Yeah. And no one creates more excitement than Yoel Romero. Like if he lost fifteen right. fights in a row. Yeah, if Bjorn Romero is booked against anybody, people are gonna get excited about it. That's just that's just who he is. Yeah. They just want to see. Formiga, Formiga, people want to say, okay, he's not the most exciting flyweight. I go, like, sure, I could agree with that, and that's a reason to cut him. Again, I don't think that is reason. I think he's still competitive, but you could say that Romero, win or lose, he's just someone people want to watch. He's someone that you can draw in casual viewership with. You show them a couple of his highlights, show what he looks like. You'll have you'll have Uncle Uncle Pete. Called in saying, "How do I order? Hey, how do I order this pay per view? How do I get ESPN Plus up here?" So um, he, he's one of the yeah, few that, fighters. That yeah. you you could sell pay per view just on him working out. Just hey, mm. do, do some burpees, Mr. Romero. This, here's here's my <laughs> sixty bucks. <laughs> yeah, and then say this man is forty three years old, supposedly, and who, doing, who knows? Doing all all who knows how old he really is? He could be fifty five. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I can't rumor, believe he's not in the anymore. Rumor is he's human. Amazing. I don't even know. I'm not even. I'm not even. Sure yeah, about that. <laughs> we'll see about that. Any more sources? Casey, what, that? what did you think of the fight, Casey? Because b- before we hit record, you had some interesting thoughts on not just Vittori's performance, but but Hermanson's performance, and kind of what you saw in the aftermath with him walking around. What did you think of the performance, and you know, just the fight overall? I mean, it was a great fight, but. You had some things that that were on your mind about it. Um, my big thing was like, just her, why wasn't her, I think um, even Felder or Cruz said this? Like, why isn't Hermanson throwing any kicks? Why is he not throwing any head kicks? Like, like the way Marvin just had that that uh, his right hand oh, it was his left. He had his left hand really low. It's like he was just open for head kicks, and and it's not in in 
if he throws a leg a, a head kick and he gets taken down, that's fine for Hermanson. I think he'll be comfortable with that. But then as soon as soon as you saw the fight ended, like all that adrenaline just goes and you you get and Hermanson started feeling that pain and he started getting that immediate limp. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, which I think I was talking actually to my Muay Thai coach, and I think early in the first or second round, Hermanson threw a, a leg kick and um Vittori checked it amazingly. It was a great check, and I think that check just wrecked Hermanson's leg. So if anyone out tra- has trained Muay Thai and you go shin to shin and someone checks you perfectly, it is so incredibly painful. And um, luckily it didn't break his leg, you know, you know, uh, like a certain very famous <laughs> middleweight le- leg got broken off a leg check. But um, yeah, I was just real, um, That, that th- I think it really changed the game, changed the game for Hermanson because he was just, I think just boxing for the last three rounds, three or four rounds with Vittori. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like you're, you're, you're doing okay, but this isn't, this isn't how you're going to win the fight. So, uh, I was just kind of shocked, but great Vittori, man. Like, like he's just getting better. I mean, bottom line, I mean, coming into this fight, I thought Hermanson was going to win it, but now watching the fight, Oh, Vittori's just a better fighter. He is, he's just improved. And, um, the fighter, I thought Vittori was is no longer, and now we just have a better version of him out there. Excuse oh. me. So Marvin Vittori is going to get his win money, the show money, and 50 Gs because the bonuses are out. Fight of the night, of course, yep. goes to the main Fight event. Performance of the night, Mowgli Benitez and Jordan Levitt. Yeah. $50,000. Not not too surprising. Uh, Tapori again really would have been probably another another candidate. That that KO again. It was six hours ago now, so no one remembers it. But holy cow, this was, this guy's was, good. It was so technical. <laughs> this so guy's, it, was, it was beautiful. Just beautiful. He, he's a grappler. He's supposed to be a people talking about. Oh, he's a grappling specialist, and it's like holy crap. He came in throwing fire. <laughs> like te- and technical. No, it wasn't just sloppy. You no, know, it was it was high level striking. Very very yeah. impressive. He's yeah, a he's, throw. He, is he a 45 or a 35er? I'm sorry. What was what is he? He's 45er. 45er, okay. Throw him to the top 20 right now. Like I I don't want to wait. Absolutely. Kind of like yeah. yeah. Throw, throw him right to the top 20. Yeah. I don't I suggested I don't, Andre Feely. People were excited about that. I, I I think that's perfect matchmaking at this point. I think you can put him against anyone, honestly. Um I think Feely's just Feely's awesome against anybody, but yeah. I I, I want to see him a name. A name. Yeah. Sure. Uh, AK, I'm not going to ask you this because we're going to save that. We're going to make the listeners wait for the podcast to come out. But Marm Vittori mm-hmm. in his uh, dirty language filled post fight <laughs> interview with, with John Anik. So much language, in fact, that we didn't even hear Marvin Vittori say who he was calling out. John Anik, the consummate professional, just doing the darn thing and repeating it. So we all got to know who he was calling out. He calls out Paulo Costa. What do you think of that? Is is that how you would do it, or do you have somebody else in mind? Not you. I AK. did hear. I did hear something like Bohachinia. I, I I swear I thought I heard Bohachinia, but think for Van Anik that, yeah, that he yes, Anik is the man. <laughs> but Casey, what do you think? Do you like that fight? Yeah, I like the fight. Uh, actually, right before we came on, I was like, oh man, I want to see Vittori versus Romero. I think that's the fight to make. But <laughs> yeah, here we too are. soon. Yeah, I know. Ugh. No, we're. Um, Whoever is fighting, whoever is fighting um, uh, Costa next, that's that's a bit of a sweepstakes in the sense that, like, you you can maybe you just need to beat if you beat Costa, then you're like, look, I beat this guy, I'm, I need to fight, I, I should be fighting for the title next. So, um, 
Yeah, I think Vittori wants the quickest road to the title. Probably beating Costa is the uh, fighting Costa is the way to go. So it's a good, great call out. Yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a good call. And then AK and I will give our opinions on that on, on to the next one. So make sure you tweet us if you have, we have some suggestions already coming in on the Twitter. Oh, yeah. So leave yours. He's at Alexander Kaylee. I am at MikeHack underscore JR. And we will uh, go from there. We'll read them out on, on to the next one. But before we get to the listener questions, I do want to touch on the co-main event. Jamal Hill stops Ovin St. Peru in the second round. AK, you were under the impression that this fight was uh, maybe a bridge too far for one Jamal Hill. It was, uh, a very interesting first round, but Hill got real, real comfortable in the second. Hurts and then eventually stops the Wiley veteran in OSP. Props to Jason Herzog stepping in there with a the, with the perfect stoppage to end the fight. But now that you've seen it, AK, and you ha- kind of have to eat your words here, your thoughts on Jamal, Jamal Hill's performance and where he stands now at 205. Are you convinced that this guy has a really high ceiling and could do some damage at 205? I hate picking fights so much. Uh, I, I actually, I actually picked, uh, nine, nine fights on tonight and there were eight fights. So I don't know how I did it, but, uh, I went oh for nine tonight. Uh, really amazing stuff. Don't know how I did it. Uh, it's incredible work. Um, what Michael was the question? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm pitying myself. What was the question? <laughs> Jamal Hill, your thoughts on Jamal Hill yes. after that win. And Man. I like, I mean, first of all, we know he should be you know, in the UFC. This uh, His last knockout was also very impressive uh, against Abreu. And it uh, was tossed out because of, well, yeah, uh, that damn devil's lettuce. That damn devil's lettuce is just ruining careers. So, uh, you know, if only uh, if only he could have stayed away from uh, from that seductive uh, vegetable. Vegetable? I don't know. Uh, but, no, he should be t- – look, that's bullcrap. He should be 2-0 and in the UFC. He should be 8-0 in his career, and he should have – Two straight UFC knockouts, two very impressive knockouts. He looks so good. You know, he looks so good. There, there's a lot of, uh, I'm sure, again, there's people out there who, including myself, who are going to say, oh, why didn't, you know, why didn't uh, OSP do this? Why didn't he try and uh, get the fight to the ground? Things like that. But again, I, I think when you're fighting a guy like Hill with his agility uh, and the way he was, he was actually really good at, at maintaining range, which is uh, really impressive because OSP is a good fighter from range. So for him to beat him at his own game, uh, and then also just kind of assert himself the way he did, uh, man. It's it, it's it's why you see people talking about this guy as, as a top contender and someone who's really going to fly up the the rankings fast. You know, we talk about uh, some of the, like Toporia flying up fast. I think a lot of people will be fine if Hill got like a top some someone on the on the front, not top five, but you know, someone on the lower half of the top ten. That's what a lot of people are, I think are going to be asking for. And after tonight, I, again, I don't know if I would do it, but boy, it's hard to argue against because. Uh, the hype is very, very real. Striking and maturity really advanced for a guy who I think he's 29. I would say he's 29, 29 or 27. What's Hill? Uh, Hill is uh, 29. 29. 29. He's 29. Right, yeah, right in the middle of his prime. Again, experience-wise, of course, has a bit of catching up to do. But uh, he, he wouldn't look like it tonight. If you told me tonight that this was a guy who has – uh, twice as many fights. I had 16, 17, 18 pro fights. I, I would have believed you. He looked really good. So, um, and and uh, thank goodness, you know, justice was served in a way because OSP did miss weight by one and a half pounds, which was surprising. So, hopefully, he gets that sorted out. But uh, congratulations to Hill, though. He took care of business against uh, and and got a little bit of extra cash uh, from uh, from uh, the miss. Casey, your thoughts on uh, Jamal Hill's performance? I thought, I mean, I thought he looked great. First round was a little interesting because OSP was so calculated in there and he was making him guess and he was landing kicks and it was, it was an interesting approach. And it's so funny watching OSP fight because he's just so calm in there. It's like, he's playing chess. It's really interesting, but man, Jamal Hill really opened things up. What did you think of, of his performance in the co-main event? 
Um, I think maybe besides Vittori, um, actually, I think above Vittori, I think Jamal Hill was the breakout star of this card. Um, I think as I just honestly, I didn't, I really didn't have an opinion on Jamal Hill coming into this. I, I knew it was like, okay, he's two and oh, he's a he smokes weed, whatever, he's a good guy, he's a good fighter, but um. I actually, I was going to, I was, I was picking OSP all week and this is weird, but like it was actually from the media day and watching Jamal Hill talk just about the fight and just, just, him, just his presence and just talking about the BS, uh, the, his, his suspension and all that stuff. And then OSP missing weight, missing weight at 9 AM, which is just like the weirdest thing ever. I don't understand. And, you know, after talking to uh, Mr. Fit, Brandon Fitzgerald, I was like, maybe OSP just. Like he doesn't want it as many. I, it sounds cheesy, but is he just not doesn't want it as much as Jamal Hill? So I really like the last second. I was like, you know what? I'm picking. I'm picking Hill. And then I, you know, I feel really smart about that one. But uh, man, Hill just looked awesome. I mean, I'm not gonna say this guy's gonna be fighting for a title in a year. I mean, but beating a guy like OSP just means that you're going. You're now an elite to a fiber. And um, I'm just very excited to see what's next of him. There you go. We're going to take uh, listener questions in a moment. A couple of things. Dana White is speaking to the media right now, and we'll, we'll give you some some interesting tidbits right now so you don't have to leave. I don't want you to leave. You could watch it later. Uh, Dana White did say, one, that he will be rewarding Jamal Hill and Ilya Tapuria for their performances Good. tonight. I was about, I was about to and say I'll, Jamal Hill was robbed of 50K. I really think that he shouldn't have got 50K. <laughs> Jason, Herzog, with Jason Herzog's proper stoppage it robbed Hill of a clean knockout. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in fairness, and on a night like this, someone's going to get robbed if they're not yeah, getting yeah. $50,000. It's a really great finish. So, and by the way, hopefully Dana White does it. Just give them a check or direct deposit how he normally pays them and not the Davison Figueredo ba- bag of cash. Bag of, come on, guys. What do we, come on. That's great for, great for social media. What is this, Pride FC? Tax free, baby. Tax free, baby. Take that, take we'll that bag of cash. So much cooler than, because I mean, it takes, it takes like months for those bonus checks to come in and figgy figgy got it right off the bat. So he's, he's, he's in a better position than anybody else on the car right now. You know, what? Uh, just, do, think- time, just do the tan bag with a huge dollar sign on it next time. How about that? That'll be, there we go. Okay. If we're just going to just do give money like this, Jeez See, Louise. you put, you put a hundred in the outside and you put a bunch of ones in the middle. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God, that'd be horrible. <laughs> Oh man. The the other thing I, I did want to mention is we talked about Yoel Romero. Dana White, of course, has asked about it at the press conference. And he says uh that the UFC is going to be doing some serious cuts before the end of the year. And when asked about a number, he said around 60 or so fighters will be getting their walking papers before the end of the year. Uh first of all, shout outs to I think it's our Damon Martin who is uh, handling the uh handling, tweeting out the Dana White comments. Uh, so shout out to him. He is, for everyone watching, he is okay after being knocked out earlier in the evening by uh, <laughs> Ilya Tapuria. Damon Martin is fine. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm being told it was not Damon Martin. It was actually the fighter, Damon Jackson, but there's been some confusion in the past. So if everyone's wondering, Damon is fine. He was He's watching from the comfort of his own home and not being bludgeoned by an undefeated featherweight from Georgia. Um, yeah, the, the, the cutting, we've talked about this, I think, on other shows this is the consequence of, unfortunately, I think some of the money that was lost this year um, is the cost of business. Uh, and, and, you know, I've kind of rallied against it because we know a lot of the talent coming in is from contender series. And it's going around. It makes for a great story. Uh, we have some great performers. Uh, Jordan Levitt was from contender series today. Uh, who else? Jamal He's Hill. definitely not the only one. Uh, Jamal Hill Jamal was from Hill. contender series. So, so for sure, we're talking about guys who 
you know, could be future stars, great fire. I, there's nothing wrong with getting guys from contender series. It's just, it's, it's conveniently a way these guys are, especially Jamal Hill, who just had a co-main event. I guarantee you, he's probably not, he's not getting paid near as much as a UL Romero. So you just kind of have to do the math and see uh, what's the reason that they can now afford to cut some of these name fighters, these veterans, like again, Juicy Formiga, Yoel Romero, uh, uh, John Dodson earlier this year, guys who are getting either six figure paydays or close to six figure paydays for each appearance compared to en- entry level guys from contender series. So when uh, Dana White says 60 fighters can be cut, that's going to be closer to the top of the rankings than uh, than the bottom and, and and the middle, I should say. Fine, mostly from the middle, but definitely there's many guys near the top ten that you're like, wow, I can't believe they cut them. It's it's going to happen. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ, and with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no sweat bet. Up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It sucks. Well, we'll see how that all plays out. We'll we'll keep you posted here on MMAfighting.com. But in the meantime, let's talk about some positive stuff. Let's talk about the card. Let's go to the peeps. Let's see what the peeps have to say peeps. following this uh, this weird event with all this, the cancellations. <laughs> and, such. And, by, and by the way, if you guys didn't know, Cody Durden versus Jimmy Flick, that has been rebooked for December 19th. Also, yes. Tyler Santos was supposed to fight. Montana De La Rosa on tonight's card. She will now fight Jillian Robertson on December 19th. Jillian Robertson is supposed to fight Andrea Lee next week at UFC 256. Andrea Lee had a broken nose, so she is out of that fight, and now Robertson will fight Tyler Santos on December 19th. Hi, Candy. Hi, what the? Hi, Panda. <laughs> Jessica Kistler-Koo, always welcome. Always good to see you. 
nicknames and uh big shout out to brennan fitzgerald aka the ocean the ocean yes the ocean oh we should have i should have listened to him on some of these picks why did i listen to him we brought his brilliant mind onto the show and in my arrogance i'm like what does what does brendan fitzgerald know he just watches these fights up close for a living uh and i and i you know i got what i deserve so thanks again to brendan and definitely give him a follow on twitter people for sure all right this podcast is really good too uh, yes, Joseph Bosa, our old buddy, Marvin Vittori is 4-0-1 in his last five fights. I love the callout of number two, Paulo Costa. Shitty callout, Izzy. I could see him in 2021 going for the title. So <laughs> you, you want to take that, AK? I mean, I, I think he's yeah. called out Izzy in like every conversation yeah. at this point. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, are you saying should he call him out again? Yeah, he should call him out again. I, I think he's actually done a really good job of that. Uh, he, he should always – because the, they fought once and getting a rematch is really is actually really hard in the UFC. So uh, the fact that may, maybe the first couple of times you brought it up, people were kind of rolling their eyes like, you know, maybe they thought the fight wasn't as close as the scorecard said. It, it was a split decision win for uh, Adesanya. Some people said it should have been unanimous. Um, but the fact that he went the distance with them, that's something that Vittorio has been hanging his hat on for a while and good for him. OK, People don't care about the truth. People don't. People won't remember the details of how that first fight went. You keep telling no. You keep telling people how close that fight was, and you keep mentioning. It. And most importantly, you keep winning fights, which he's been doing. This was four straight tonight. So uh, should he call out Izzy again? Yes, he should call out Izzy every time, uh, especially when when us when us in the media are throwing questions out there and trying to bait those kind of answers out of him. Yes, go for it. Go for it because if it happens, there's gonna be a lot again. He's already working on generating interest. He calls out other people too. That's the important thing. He's, he doesn't. He's not just focused on Izzy. He calls out other people as well. Uh, there's a feud with Holland. He's planting a lot of seeds, and that's what a lot of fighters should do. So, uh, could he could he go for the title in 2021? It really depends on what uh, what Izzy is doing with light heavyweight and some other fights he finally wants to take. But I'm telling you, it is not out of the realm of possibility that that fight happens. Uh, a title fight for for uh, Vittori, whether it's against Edison or some other situation. 2021, I, I think it's very possible. Dana White was asked about it at the press conference. He said he's not making any decisions or even talking about the top of, of the middleweight division until Izzy fights for the light heavyweight title, which apparently that is still the plan at this point. But uh, I think we talked about this, uh, Casey, but you like the cost of call out, but can you see Marvin Vittori potentially fighting for a world title next year? Yes, absolutely. Actually, um, he uh, I think he he has that personality that Dana loves um that just like he's tough he's mean you know like he's he's you know like dana just loves that type of guy and you know and more than that victoria's just that guy you put a microphone in front of him he'll just say things they don't have to necessarily make sense but he'll say things and it'll draw clicks it draws interest and that's what the ufc wants i mean his pre-fight stuff he was saying what has izzy really done you know all this kind of <laughs> was like uh it was just kind of it was just, okay just say your thing you know all right you're the fighter you know i'm not you can beat me up i'm not gonna tell you, so i'm not gonna say you're wrong but tonight with this this solid victory and if he can beat costa no matter what decision whatever just, as long as he just gets the w um yeah absolutely it's a storyline he can they can you know it's an easy sell you know it was a split decision it was technically the closest fight you know that izzy has fought in the ufc so yeah absolutely Thank you, Joseph Boza, for the for the questions as always. I'm sure we'll we'll see his name once more. Always coming through. Sheila, how are yeah. you? Uh, what did you think of Jason Herzog's stoppage of the OSP Hill fight? Was it early, late, or just right? I think we talked about this earlier. 
I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was a tremendous stoppage, but Casey actually makes a pretty decent point. He almost, he kind of, he kind of robbed Jamal Hill of, of, of a bonus of an official <laughs> bonus because had he, had he let that go on, he was probably going to knock OSP stiff. So from a fighter safety standpoint, it was a brilliant stoppage. I mean, OSP was done, but from like a, a highlight reel standpoint, I mean, it's, I don't know. Anybody else have, have anything to add to that? Casey, go ahead. I know you're big. I know you're a big fan of it on social media, and I believe you got a shout out uh, from the man himself. Did you oh, not on oh, uh, did? on Twitter? Oh, I did. Yes, you didn't I, see that. I get so many mentions. I you know I can't check them. All oh my off, goodness! Man. He quote. You didn't see what he. I, I think. Okay, you look that I up really while I, I'll, I'll talk. For, yes, he was very confident, and I believe it is the real Jason Herzog. I think he's one of the few referees that actually is that does have a real Twitter account and is active, not, not like some of the fake Keith Petersons and fake. Uh, uh, fake Mario Yamasaki's <laughs> guys. Those aren't real. Sorry to break it for anyone who follows those accounts. I think there's like, uh, there's a Mario Yamasaki and uh, I know there's a Keith Peterson for a while. I think uh, they've got changed. Well, some well, else, basically on Twitter, I, I complimented Jason Herzog. I think he is the best. Actually, I think he is the best ref in MMA. For some reason, he never gets mentioned. I'm not sure why, but I think he's a, he's a great ref, a great, just a great person. Actually, I think he's just a nice guy. Um, but back to the, uh, this question, perfect stoppage, just a perfect stoppage. Um, you felt if Hill would have hit OSP one more time, OSP, you were just waiting for OSP just to go lights out. And as a fan of violence, yeah, of course I want to want to see that. But as like a human being who who doesn't <laughs> doesn't want people to die unnecessarily, I guess. Um, great stoppage by Jason Herzog. So um, so to answer your question, Sheila, just right. Did, I'll did, tell did you who you, did you read? Did you read what he said to, about you, Casey? No, no. Did you, I, did you not find the comment? No, I, I can't find it. You said, perfect stoppage from the best reference in business, Jason Herzog. He quote tweeted you and said, from one of the best to have ever done it, miss seeing you and the and the Esther. The Esther. Thanks, Casey. Aww. So, love. I didn't retweet it because I, I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's amazing stuff. I'll tell you who else man, had a great I'll tell you what other referee had a had a great moment tonight. Mark Smith had a great moment tonight. After the Benitez knee to the chest, he jumped right in there and saved Justin James from any further damage. That was a great stoppage as well. Who was the ref for um, Mr. Damon Jackson's fight? Was that Chris Taylor? Uh, <laughs> I want to say Tayoni. I can actually find that for you right now. Um, uh, it's got yes, for prelim fight. It was Mr. No, it was Mark Smith, according to Topology. I think Tony did the first fight of the night. It wasn't a late stoppage. It was was so quick. But, man, there there was that last shot that um, that, uh, uh, Damon Martin got hit with. Damon Jackson got hit with. (laughs) That last shot, it was just like, I was like, ooh, that's bad. That's bad. But I mean, it, that's that's just it was a the, the stoppage is real fast. It just happens that way. It's just that's just the sport. Yeah. I, I also want to compliment Herzog. Oh my gosh, scary! I want I want to compliment Herzog's technique because he 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 did the full body. He didn't do the step in kind of wave off. Mm-hmm. He he uh he went in for a full body grab and and yanked uh, Jamal Hill off. Uh, so and that's not always something you want to do. I mean, you're you're at a high risk of catching a live round. really anytime you step into the action, you're at a high risk of catching a live round. Um, but grabbing someone is, 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 I mean, some people might thought it was a bit strange, but I think that's situation he needed to do it. Uh, Hill firing so fast. I don't know if there's any other way to kind of have stopped him. So um, I thought, yeah, even not just timing, but I think the technique also. I was like, yeah, man, he, uh, you're wrestling with one of those light heavyweights. Boy, you got to be careful. But he, he did a good job and I think saved uh, OSP from some, some touches for sure. 
Yep. A plus stoppage. Jamal Hill versus Dominic Reyes next. Dominic Reyes is fighting Yuri Prahashka next. Oh. Mm-hmm. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe after that, but I think Jamal Hill will probably want to get back in there a little sooner. But uh Anthony Smith versus Jamal Hill. Oh. I'm seeing a lot, I'm seeing lots of suggestions for I think people want to see people are excited about Jamal Hill. People think new life to two of five is always exciting. So I think mm-hmm. um people want to. Is Anthony Smith is 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 Anthony Smith the the higher level gatekeeper over is he is Anthony Smith, I don't know, I hope I hope Anthony Smith isn't hearing this he's gonna get mad if he hears that <laughs> he's he's very he's a, nobody he's wants a, to hear yeah, that yeah he doesn't want to hear that I don't know what do you think about that I know you guys do your little you know your little onto the next podcast you don't want to give it away but, this, but I mean we already I, I already know who I'm gonna pick for Jamal Hill it's not Anthony Smith is that too high up the ladder no no because my pick is right near there right right there. Uh, first of all, shout out to Samuel Ferry in the comments who says the uh, the commission should fire Chris Lee and hire AK Lee. Uh, no, 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 no. That's a, I'm, I'm a little too corrupt. I'm a little too corrupt. I don't think that's going to work out. But thank you for the comment. Um, oh, well, that was before. That was before. That was before. he means fire me. Wait, wait, he means fire me from the show from this show. I think he means and then let me so I can go into career and judging. But I'm, again, I don't think he's aware of how corrupt I am, how easily influenced I am. Um, I don't mind the answer thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put a little more thought into that. Like Mike said, we'll talk about more in our show. But I'll the Dominic Reyes thing. I'm gonna ask you guys. I saw some people comparing him to Reyes. So I don't know. What do you guys think about? Do you see him as a the striking, the athleticism, the, the you know how he knows how to use his length? Do you see some comparison there? I'm probably not like the technical guy to ask, but I would say like mm-hmm. points in their career, where their records are, and kind of their mm-hmm. their direction. I could see similarity because I mean Dominic mm-hmm. Reyes got kind of got to that next level, beating OSP, and this could be a very similar thing. So there right. are similarities there. I, I will uh, I will go to Casey more on the technical side. Uh, if you kind of look at these two guys at, at their re- respective points in their career, if, if you compare the two based on striking and and technique and stuff, do, do you see similarities between Jamal Hill and Dominic Reyes? There's similarities. I mean, they both they they both use their, they both use range well. They both they um they they both have really long punches. They can hit. They they feel like they can they can hit you from a deceptively long distance away. Um, I gotta actually look at. I mean, like like I said, coming into this fight, I really didn't know much about Jamal Hill. Um, he was just to me just kind of like a, a mid tier two a fiver. And tonight was like actually the first. Tonight was one of those fights when I was watching. I was like, I kind of got really close to the screen. I was like, I gotta. I, I'm I'm gonna be. I'm going to be seeing a lot of Jamal Hill soon. So I need to really watch more of him because I feel like he's a guy that for the next I don't know at least few years we're gonna see him in the top ten. You know how high? Who knows? But um, he's gonna be up there. So I I was just I'm just more just excited about seeing Jamal um Jamal here. He seems like a good personality. I love how he used his um his mic time. He um. Talked about his um, a friend that passed away from drinking and driving, and it was just, just it was real passionate. Just ha- he he just seems like a guy that has a lot to say um, in the cage with his fist and outside the cage. So um, and he and he used that opportunity well. So um, just as a jur- as a journalist, I'm excited to have someone like Jamal Hill, you know, in the forefront. Agreed. <laughs> We're not firing AK Lee. He's too valuable. Oh, yeah. Get, get, that, get, get that comment out of here. <laughs> oh, um, this isn't about tonight's card, but this needs to be answered. Oh, God. How do- <laughs> whoa, whoa. Why are we even? Why are we even? 
What? That's not a, why are we even discussing this? He's not in danger. He's not one of the 60 that's in danger of being cut. All right. Dana, Dana White could say he's going to cut 160 fighters and you would not, and Ryan Hall would not be at risk. Okay. So, John Danian, <laughs> oh, my heart to even suggest it. Yeah. Goodness me. Oh, oh, I wasn't man. ready. I wasn't ready. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't like that oh, at all. Man, man I, I didn't want to read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Um, you know what? We, we're getting a lot of questions about the the cut, the potential cuts. And I kind of, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to go there. I don't, I don't think no, we need to go. No, I, no. I don't want to, that's, that's just not a fun thing to talk about. You know, like, right. oh, this guy, no. yeah. So, um, so if you're, if you're throwing suggestions who should get cut, I'm going to, I'm just telling you, you're kind of wasting your time. But, um, and you're a little mean. Yeah, I mean, you're a little mean. <laughs> and you're a jerk. Sorry, no, I didn't say you're a little mean. Uh, what's next oh. for Gabriel Benitez? That is a good question. Uh, was he always going to be on the? He was always going to be on the main car, right? He wasn't one of the fights. Him and James. It wasn't one of the fights that was moved up. I don't think, right? I think Not necessarily it was today, but this week. I, like earlier this week. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was on the prelims earlier, and I think it got okay. bumped up. Like maybe yeah. Wednesday or Thursday, and then, you know what I mean. Yeah, I definitely uh, overlooked. I, I guess I'm maybe I'm a little too big on the Jane's uh, uh, train a bit. I like Jane's style; it's really aggressive. Get in there, you know, try and knock people out, um, which is really fun to watch. But uh, Mowgli, for sure, is a guy who, over the years, I think we, we kind of put him in that category of like when he's on, he looks like a top twenty, you know, lightweight or featherweight competing at featherweight before. But he looks like a top twenty guy in his division when he's on. V- very talented. Great kicks, uh, really solid boxing, good grappler. Um, but, you know, for some reason, for whatever, there's just fights where he can't seem to pull the trigger or he's just outclassed, just facing someone who maybe just, just a level above him. But he looked great tonight. He took care of business against someone that he should, a, a less experienced guy. Uh, so what is next for him? Again, we'll talk about it more on the show. Uh, but I think he's earned the right, I would say, probably to face someone face someone closer to his level of experience again. Because, again, Justin James was kind of a lo- high-risk, uh, low-reward fight for him. Uh, Omar Morales was a great matchup, but again, someone else who kind of had more to gain. So hopefully he gets a, a little bit more of a veteran, a veteran opponent for, for Mowgli next time. Anybody stick out to you, Casey? No, I just think, um, I think Gabriel Benitez just kind of proved that, um, he's a UFC caliber fighter really. And, um, I don't expect him to get a top 15 guy. I just, ex- I expect him, you know, we'll see him in about three months or so. And he'll be on a fight night card, you know. Four or five fights in, and um, he's he's always going to be an exciting fighter. And um, if he if he pulls off two or three more wins, uh, unfortunately, he needs wins over um, higher level opponents than um, uh, Justin James, unfortunately, to, for us to really start considering him a top a top tier. Um, was this at lightweight or feather? I'm sorry, was this at lightweight or featherweight? No, it was a, it was it was his, his second fight at lightweight in the UFC. Okay, uh, and his first win, his first okay. win at lightweight. We know that's a good sign. His first win at lightweight, so. Fresh start, fresh like weight class. Um, so I'm excited to hear from him again. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, he'll be fine a couple more times. Yeah, that, those kicks are lethal. Yeah. Ooh. Th- thank you, Mar two two six four four one nine. That's a real name too. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce the last name, <laughs> yeah. but so uh, I just spelled it out. Matt Wyman slam worst KO since the oh. Ben Askren knee. Oof. We say we're going to talk about this, right? We're going to talk about this. 
this this finish, yes. right? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, that's, that's a perfect segue. I, let me just let me just say real quick. I've been I've been talking to Jordan Levitt for a little while now since he was like a regional prospect making his way up, and this guy had a hard time finding fights because of his style. He's a, he's a little awkward, and for I mean, multiple interviews, he just kept telling me like, I just want to I just want to know what it feels like to knock somebody out. You know what I mean? Like he's got all submission wins, maybe the occasionally unanimous decision, but he hasn't had like a knockout or a TKO finish in his career. I don't think he drew it up this way tonight, but he certainly got one and he got a bonus. And I think he gained a lot of fans tonight because people got to see him on camera. He's a very interesting cat. As you can see with this, he just, he just looks like the silent killer that you think you can mess with, but then he just slams you on your head. Uh, very, very good performance for him. The opponent, Casey, Matt Wyman, pretty surprising to see him in another fight. We saw the Luis Pena fight. That was pretty gnarly after all those years away. Then he fought Joe Selecki, and Joe Selecki did what Joe Selecki does. He couldn't finish him. Wyman's a very hard man to, to submit, uh, but Selecki dominated him, and then this was just was just really bad. Um, <clears throat> what do you think, Casey? Matt Wyman fighting Matt, tonight or in the Matt, last year or so? Matt, okay. Let's start, we'll start with the negative. Matt Wyman, unfortunately, should not have been fighting tonight. He's not a UFC level fighter anymore. Um, since his, since his, uh, whenever he left the UFC in 2014, so he was away from the UFC for like five and a half, six years or something like that. He's just, he, he's just not. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the UFC's booking of this fight. I don't understand why Matt Wyman, who had Look, has looked bad in two fights already in the UFC. Was given this fight. I just don't get it. And um, unless I don't get it, and unfortunately, I think for Matt Wyman, it might be time to hang him up as far as fighting. You no know, top level competition. Maybe if he wants to fight on the regional circuit against you know guys like me, I don't know. But uh, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it just it was it was ugly. It was just and even what he was doing, even the slam as as cool as the slam was. I mean, I, w- I want to give Jordan Levitt all the credit in the world, but like, what was Matt Wyman thinking? I just like it was. It was just what was he thinking? I have no idea. And um, but going back to Jordan Levitt, man, I like that dude. Talk about a man who's like redefining masculinity. Like knock out someone and then you do the splits, man. I I know he didn't mean to be. I know I know it wasn't meant to be insulting, but if someone knocked me out cold. And I'm like, oh, I get up, I look across, and I just see a dude doing the splits and, and his friends lifting him up like they're dirty dancing. Ooh, you know, you know you you've been in the wrong end of a fight. <laughs> yeah. And it was very cool on yeah. Levitt to go and and console Wyman's wife. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't I don't think really cool. there's nothing disrespectful from Levitt's it, 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 he didn't mean to be disrespectful, but I'm just like, whoo, man, that's just like Yeah, but I yeah. Yeah, I think there. that's part of Karen Welch's comment here as far as the worst. Because remember, uh, uh, Masvidal also had a, a quite a fancy celebration after he did. He kind of just dropped, kind of yeah. flopped uh, dead to the mat to almost to imitate how badly he had just messed up Askren. So that was probably worse. That's probably why the uh, the Masvidal one uh, is – I don't know if there will ever be a nastier worst KO if we're, if we're using no. worst <laughs> ug, ug, ugly, mean-spirited KO. I don't know if there will ever be one better than uh, better or worse again than – uh, Jorge Masvidal, but yeah, it was it was tough to watch. I mean, that's the other thing we'll we'll say when we when we use the term worst uh, in the question. It was tough to watch because again, Matt Wyman is a guy who I think a lot of us have been watching for a while. 
Uh, he was part of one of the greatest Ultimate Fighter seasons ever, Tough Five, uh, the, the lightweight season when they when they re-implemented the lightweights into the UFC. Really fun season. He was a very good fighter for a while. He had, he had a couple of winning streaks in the UFC in 155. Very difficult to do. Um, and even went out on a win before the hiatus. He beat uh, Isaac Valley Flag. Uh, this is no, I'm just looking at this now, November 2014. And then, you know, took stepped away. I believe there's some back injuries as well, uh, which in any sport, is very difficult to to come back from, um, even if you're able to, you know, get back in the cage or get back in the court or get back in the field, whatever sport we're talking about. Those back injuries are just once you start getting them, they don't they don't it doesn't get better. You know, it doesn't. It's only going to go downhill from there. And we might be seeing that uh, with Wyman. He's the oldest fighter on the card. Uh, he's a few months older than uh, OSB. So, uh, yeah. And then putting him in there with a, like like Mike said, someone who's clearly a high level prospect in Levitt. Uh, it, it was it was rough, and for Levitt to literally just carry him over to his corner and draw him down like that, it was it was shocking. You know, it was just not something you expect to see um, at the UFC level. And uh, and then again, that's the Casey's point. I think is maybe because Wyman is just not UFC level anymore. So this this is a really harsh thing to say. I think he's had a very good career, and uh, yeah, we just hope Matt Wyman, whatever's next, he makes a decision that's best for him and his health. But uh, Levitt. I have to celebrate his his celebration. The dirty dancing uh, lift was fantastic. So uh, this is this is for uh, Jordan Levitt. Uh, I'm going to get in the mic for a second here. Oh, no. I had the time of my life, and I never felt this way before. Never so that felt. For, uh, so that was for Levitt. True. No, keep going. Just like that's just no, no. Why no, are you no, stopping, no. man? Do art. No, that's it. The, the view count is going through the roof. I know. Through I don't give that away for free. I don't give uh, that away for free. There you I go. got my own YouTube channel. I got my own YouTube channel, man. Come on. Uh, but, Join uh, Adam yeah, Alex Cayley's uh, Patreon page if you want to hear the rest <laughs> yeah, of that song. Yes. Uh, I could see Levitt uh, becoming either a fan favorite or possibly a villain, depending how people uh, view his, uh, his kind of over-the-top antics. But he made a real mark tonight, not just with his performance, but uh, the celebration, the post-fight interview. A lot of people talking about, we'll be talking about Levitt, I think, uh, after this weekend. Yeah, Jordan Levitt, a, an avid reader too. He he likes to read like seventy-five to hundred books a year. What? He's a madman. Yeah, he's a madman when it comes. I to haven't that read stuff. that many books in my in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tristan Gordad is here. Where do you put Jordan Levitt's slam knockout as far as being the nastiest? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was brutal. I mean, that was a brutal slam. But we've seen, I don't know. I mean, Gerald Harris, David Branch, that was a gnarly one. I think everyone kind of looks to the Rampage power bombs. I think um, this one, this, I feel like that one's going to be like in the, this always in the top of the conversation. I don't know how it was for you, but like, okay, say when I watched uh, Damon Jackson get knocked out, I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. What a crazy knockout, you know, because I know Damon Jackson's a high level fighter. He's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. When Jordan Levitt slammed uh, Wyman, I didn't get that same feeling. I just felt like, oh, that's just because you know, it wasn't like it, it was. It was just icky. It was icky. icky. A little yeah, icky. It was a icky. little icky. Okay, okay. I was I was wondering if that was just me that felt that way, but like <laughs> it, it, it didn't. Like some knockouts are cool, but you're like, oh, that guy, that guy took a beating, but this one was just like, oh, yeah. So uh, it was scary. But, okay. The nastiest would probably always be, if we're not talking about UFC, of course, the Rampage uh, Arona one, which which I, of course, will always say was not technically a slam knockout because it was I, it was the headbutt that knocked out Arona. But, I mean, if we're just talking about the visual, nothing's ever going to top uh, 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 Jackson slamming Arona. That's yeah. that's the nastiest uh, slam, slam-esque slam KO that uh, you'll ever see in, in MMA. 
And you know why that was particularly nasty? Because from a just from a TV standpoint, it was shot in a ring. So because it's shot in a ring, uh, the camera can shoot almost eye level. So when you see yes. that knockout, you're actually seeing it like as if you're one you're just sitting on the ring. So it, it's always even ex- the impact is even more um, impactful. So uh, if you're wondering why why visually it, it felt more intense, and people forget. You know, I've been seeing this a lot on Twitter tonight, like talking about like the slam knockouts. People are forgetting about Jessica Andrade against Rose Namajunas. That was a that was a filthy, nasty slam too. That was that was recent. Yeah, that was someone in our comments mentioned it. Joshua Carey mentioned it. He said he thinks his so. Josh Carey, shout out to you. Yes, that was scary. That way. Yeah, uh, that was one. Actually, that was one that I would definitely say, as far as like high level, two A level fighters fighting each other. That was a, that was the scariest knockout I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it was the angle too. It was the I think the fact that she wasn't uh, almost like knocked out like cold instantly is kind of what also made it scary because the fight wasn't over right away, and you were just like, but you knew anyone watching, you saw that you saw that she almost landed like again almost on her head, almost on the neck. And she, you know, has has kind of turned over, and then Andres finished. But you're kind of like holy, like you're watching like something's wrong. That's like she, she, the way she's turtling and the way she's kind of like, that's not normal for Rose. She could be seriously hurt. And thankfully, again, as far as we know, you know, nothing super long term. She's come back and fought already. But that was, yeah, that's another scary one. Yeah. Thank you, Tristan. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. What's next for OSP? Hmm. Good question. Because we might not, we might not cover. Well, I think we'll cover on the show, but uh, we'll, we're still discussing that. It, it could be. It, it, I don't, no, I don't think we will. No, co-main event, right? Co-main event loser is not necessarily guaranteed. Um, that's a really good question. How about how about uh, Mr. Delidze? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Uh, I, I was going to say, <laughs> I, thought, I thought Casey was going to chime in. No, I like it. Um, it's it's th- this is though we're essentially saying that this is OSP's role now is to uh I, you know again we keep we hate keeping these words stepping stone gatekeeper any of that stuff which you know if fighters hear it it's a it's a it's a it's it, they don't feel good being called that some some might feel better about it than others but i think guys like we said anthony smith before uh, who re, you know competed for titles recently as like last year right and then um and osp who's competed for title some years back 
that's a hard thing to accept to be in that role. But it, I think if he was matched up with the elite, say, then that's presenting a pretty strong message from the UFC that that's that's where they're going to go. I, I still think there's guys in the top twenty. Well, the elite say might be in the top twenty after tonight, but I think there's other again um, closer in experience level. But I think we saw tonight that um, at some uh, really there's no and considering how many fights he has in the UFC, this is his twenty third UFC fight tonight. It's really hard to match him up with anyone with similar experience levels. So it might only it might be the elite says that he has to he has to sign on the dotted line for. What do you think, Casey? Uh, what about, let me ask you this. True or false, OSP's next fight will be at 205. Yeah, that might be, no, I think it's false. I, th- I think it's false. Um, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I don't want to bring, I don't want to be negative, but with Dana White talking about all these cuts coming up, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know what OSP's gets paid, but I know, no, he's probably on the 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 higher end of the two hundred fivers, but if he does stay around, um, there's actually lots of fights for him. To be honest, um, he's he's still a name. He's a name. He's a name in the sense that you need to beat him to become a name. So uh, I don't think there's gonna be a shortage of of USC finding good opponents for OSP either at two hundred five or uh, heavyweight. Um, I still want to know why he didn't make weight at two hundred five. That's still. This big mystery. <laughs> so secretly, I kind of wanted him to win, just because of, so I could hear like what like what happened. But uh, uh, whoever, what's next for OSP is really who the UFC matchmakers want to push, because I really don't think the UFC or the matchmakers are trying to match make for OSP to get a title shot anytime soon. Maybe do OSP versus Jake Collier at heavyweight. I like that. I'd be down for that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Hell yeah. Let's do it. You know what? We didn't get any. Wait, or John we, Volante. Yes. There you go. Heavyweight. And I, I want to see, I, oh, I want to see yeah. OSP like at 264. I don't want to see OSP like at 230. I want to see like big, I want to see big gut OSP. He was a 240 when he fought Ben Rothwell. Yeah. Okay. We got, we got 25 more pounds to add to him. <laughs> hey, second, I, I thought. I thought OSP and Volante had fought. Somehow they haven't. That seems bizarre. They really? They're two, two strike force vets who are still in the UFC after this many years. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. They did. I'm sorry. I, I was looking at the. Uh, they did fight UFC. Oh, it was. I'm dumb. It was Volante's first fight with the UFC. You, seven years ago. How could I not remember this? UFC 159. Yeah, but they, uh, they, they fought. They were little twigs at 205. Now they're, yeah. now, now they're big, a, thick boys. Uh, you know. I'd love to see that rematch. Yeah. That's a lifetime ago. Yeah. Yeah, OSP John Vellante at two hundred and sixty six pounds. <laughs> open up a new division. Oh, right. Oh, right at the right at the edge. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gonna they're gonna open up the division. Oh. Not championship weight. Oh, normally same with championship weight. I had so much fun watching Vellante and Collier fight. That was just <laughs> so much fun. Good. Hey, I caught it. I caught it on the preview show. I said, that's the fight, man. <laughs> that was the fight to watch. And sure enough, they they, they started off strong, but then they just it kept slowing down, but they were still throwing haze. They were still like throwing those bungalows. It was great, and the fact there was fun. there was no mic, there no fans, and like you could hear just like bellies getting slapped. Oh, it was great, and like just so much sweat. It was like oh, it was amazing. Oh man, I, I love that. I love that part of MMA. Like we get, yeah, you know, guys with like twelve packs, whatever. I just want to see two guys with two kegs in front of belly. Just. <laughs> there really wasn't a bad fight in the card 
I, mean, I think they, they got it. Yeah, I think they got to start off on a, on a really nice note. Yeah, and Collier really impressed me. I will say yeah. this this was a back, definitely a back against the wall performance. I think Collier doesn't win this. Volante is, I think, is pretty well liked by management. Uh, he's a character, you know, he's kind of a marketable character. Uh, Collier, I think, was probably back against the wall, and he needed this one, and, and good won a convincing decision and, and an entertaining fight. Wow, I so so his his UFC run has been loss lose loss win loss win oh god the whole his whole UFC run has been one loss one win one loss one win his entire yep. UFC run that is incredible. except for the last two fights where where, where am I looking he's lost two oh, you're talking, about, now. you're talking about Collier not Volante no Collier Collier oh Collier my bad my bad yeah yeah sorry, sorry. yeah well this is his first fight as a again he worked like 60 or 70 hours a week as a welder throughout most of his career so this is like the first this is the first time he was like a full-time fighter like he had full That's training so camp and now he's 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 honed in he's focused <laughs> he's 10 he's, he's, he's 10 years in. into his career he's 10 years in well now he listen now he's now he's a full-time fighter he can just focus on the training and the uh and the eating and the fighting <laughs> what, a, have a good what a weird yeah. sport like he's been in the ufc for six years now and it's still a part-time gig. <laughs> just like, yeah, that's not how it should be. That's not how it should be. Yeah, that's just odd. Now we saw Brett like got like guys like Brandon Royval like after his first UFC fight and getting a bonus, like he quit his job. Now he's a full-time fighter. We've seen the year that guy's had. Oh, I just who was it that keeps saying he chaos was it Chaos Williams or Chaos Williams who said he's still working uh, his job or or Buckley? No, it's Joaquin Buckley. Still yeah, he's Walk, still working. Walgreens or something. Or right, yeah, Walgreens. Brad Riddell versus Benitez. Interesting matchup. Sure, I'll like, steal that for our show. Yeah, I feel like Brad Riddell might <laughs> pass Benitez, but Brad Riddell is awesome, and he, he put him against anyone. I just want to see him fight. To be honest. So yeah, oh, I still, so I still like, I'll I still it. like Riddell versus Alex Hernandez. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think Riddell. I think Riddell is a little yeah. farther up, up the ladder. Yeah, he's three and uh, three and that's three Thank you, Kehu. <laughs> was it just me, or was Cruz correcting Felder a lot tonight? I think he does that a lot. I don't think that's an exception tonight. He does that a lot. I think with whoever he's commentating with. I thought Cruz and Felder were great tonight. Yeah, yeah, they were. Because like, and Anik too, Anik. Like, because like. I know I love to roll my eyes like, oh my god, really, guys? And or like you know, because these are UFC commentators, their checks are written by the UFC, so they never like, you know, they don't want to trash anyone. But I feel that Cruz and Felder and Anik was were still honest in it. They never tried to oversell me something, you know. So um, that's just, I just think that's why I really appreciate them. And not one point did I go, that's stupid or what? Everything okay, that makes sense, you know. So um, I'm always happy with that. <laughs> Someone someone mentioned in the comments earlier, did it seem like they were talking about uh, addressing the judging more? And I think oh. they were, uh, but I think that also has a lot to do with uh, Bisping was not in there. Bisping, I think, is a good uh, color guy, but also doesn't have the best grasp of scoring or sort of how the judging works. <laughs> I'm, I, we, we were very critical of him and Rogan, I think, the last time him and Rogan uh, were doing a, a pay-per-view. And I think rightfully so. I know we're going to take a lot of flack for that. A lot of all you Rogan fans out there don't want to hear that. But I think that they together, they just didn't do a great job. Um, and poor DC got dragged into it as well, and it was just shenanigans. Um, but yeah, but Cruz, Felder, and Anik all seem to have a really good grasp of generally how scoring should go. Of course, we, you know, everyone, it's live TV, you're going to make mistakes, you're, you're going to see things maybe not 100% accurate, but they're pretty good about explaining things, um, making sense of the scoring, 
so yeah, if it seems like they were, I don't think it's like they were allowed to, I think it's just the nature of the, this team. They're, they're analytically minded and uh, they did. Yeah. I thought that was one of the, one of the best parts of the show tonight was not just their, their, you know, their chemistry, but judging and scoring is something people need a lot of education on, including us sometimes. Uh, so for them, the way they handled it tonight, that was really great. One of the worst parts mm-hmm. of the show though, was uh, Paul Felder shaving his mustache. What was that about? It's mm. December now. November's over. Mustaches are all year long, Mister. <laughs> this is your mustache is a it's a it's a lifestyle, bro. It's a lifestyle. No, we got to say. Uh, by the way, <laughs> listen, listen, listen to any Dominic Cruz interview that has ever existed, and he will correct. He, yes. he will correct and turn the interview over to you, like and start interviewing you and asking you questions. He's a smart guy. Like, that's a, yeah, he really is. That's that's who he he's is. He's a smart guy. He's probably when it comes to analysis, he's probably one of the smartest fighters uh, that we've seen so far. Again, I, I'm you know I'm sure somewhere down the road we'll have better fight analysts, but as of now, he is. I don't know if he's the best on air person. I'll be honest, like in the booth, but and his analysis is top notch. It's elite. I mean, he's he's probably the standard uh, of of, of uh, analy- breaking things down, but. Uh, Casey, you can't be mad at Felder because he also had the, the commentary of the night when uh, addressing the delete say John Allen split decision. Oh. He was like, "That's the word." He's like, "That split decision was as bad as the split decision I had with with Rafael dos Anjos." <laughs> like, I did, I did not win that fight. He was trying to say whoever scored that fight for me that was crazy, and uh, this was this was worse. This was as bad as that. So, uh, always, always a very self aware and, and willing to make fun of himself. So uh, I did Paul appreciate Felder, that. I, I really that good. Was very- that was hilarious. Really funny. <laughs> And of course, uh, Dominic Cruz just booked his next <laughs> yeah. fight against Casey Kenny. How about that? Who, That's gonna be a fun fight. Who? I mean, yeah, it's gonna be a fun fight. But who saw that one? I think everyone was I like, we, we Cruz not, Edgar. Everyone no was idea. like, Cruz Edgar. Cruz Edgar. Make it yes. happen. Make it happen. It's the perfect time. Maybe Sanhagen. Maybe we thought Sanhagen maybe, could still maybe happen Sanhagen, again. Yeah. Like Kenny. I'm really, Go get it. I'm, I don't know if we'll ever know. We'll ever find out the real answer, but I really want to know: is that the is that what the UFC wanted, or is that what Dom, Dominic Cruz wanted? I'm sure Casey Kenny isn't isn't in the, the position to say that's what he wanted yet. But I'm I'm just kind of I'm curious if that's if that's if that's the fight Dom saw. Like, okay, that's the fight I need to come back to. Or I'm not sure. I have no idea. This is a have, big step up. I have up. a theory. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. My theory is Casey Kenny and his manager Jason House were probably blowing up the matchmaker, saying, "I'll fight, I'll fight, I'll fight on this card." Oh, he's out. I'll fight on this card. It's probably just numerous texts and messages because Casey Kenny just wants to fight every weekend. You know this by now. And they were probably like, "Listen, if you leave me alone, we'll get you something that you'll like." And then they gave him Dominic Cruz, and now he'll leave him alone for the next four months. So that's that's basically <laughs> how they, they looked at it. Like, all right, uh, yeah. leave me alone. We'll give you Dominic Cruz. How about that? All right. All right, I'll I'll lose I'm your number for a few months. Pestering and annoying someone to get an opportunity. I'm very familiar with this tactic. Uh, it is how I've had is that you uh, got many hired? many good. Yeah, that's how I got hired here. <laughs> I've had many. It's not usually how I get any dates. Yeah, usually that's how how any, any of my, my my rare dates happen is through this tactic. So I can respect that, Mike. I believe that if that is true, I do think there's a lot of it's very possible that that's how that happened. But uh, huge step up for Kenny. I mean, in name value, his last few points: Nathaniel Wood, good fighter, not nowhere near as famous as Dominic Cruz. Highly uh, Elatang, uh, Louis Smoka, uh, Mirab was a nice one, but again, yeah, not not a fame, you know, not a famous name. Uh, Manny Bermudez and and Ray Borg, really, how he started his career. So he started off with some with a bit of name value, but um, Dominic Cruz is leaps beyond these guys. So if he gets that win, boy, that is so, so huge. And, and he is a blue chipper and it's a, it's a winnable fight, but maybe 
Cruz accepted the fight because he knows something we don't. Maybe he think maybe he thinks this is a favorable matchup for him. So that's interesting. I can't. The footwork in that fight would be so fun to watch. I think Dominic Cruz is fighting Casey Kinney simply because if you kind of squint your eyes when Casey Kinney fights, it kind of looks like TJ Dillashaw. I'm just. I knew you were gonna say that. I'm just. I'm I knew you were gonna say just, that. You know. <laughs> well, TJ warm up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every um, time we do an interview with Casey Kenny, that's like 90% of the comments that he looks yeah. like TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Oh, it's Dillashaw <laughs> 2.0. All that good stuff. I feel bad. I feel bad when fighters get that comparison. When, they, when you, the constant comparison to someone else are like, yeah, we punch and we both have tattoos. <laughs> and yeah, I guess we look alike. You know, it's just <laughs> we, we're getting so many comments actually to um, for karaoke suggestions for um, for Mr. AK. I'm not seeing any of these. Oh, hungry, hungry eyes. Uh, I'm embarrassed. Which one's hungry eyes again? I'm sorry to have to ask. I know it's embarrassing. Hungry I'm sorry. Eyes. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Between you and I. Oh, pretty, pretty. Okay, I love that. So that's, yeah, a, know, that's, that's a jam sandwich right really. there. Sorry, David. David Sandine. I know that song, of course. Great, great recommendation. I apologize. I should have recognized it. <laughs> Oh, that's terrific. So, so we got a lot of people asking for oh. the link. Do, do you do you have one? Uh yeah, I'll tweet it out later. <laughs> I'll tweet it out. I'm not allowed I'm not I've been told not to promote it on uh, MMA fighting channels. So I, I respect that. I'm no, I cannot use our platform for my only fans. <laughs> yes, yes, Matrecki, that's correct. Yeah. There's some there's some singing in there, and there's a lot more than that, let me tell you. <laughs> no, but again, I told whoa, I can't, whoa, I'm, whoa. Not, I'm <laughs> not allowed to promote this. What time is channel. it in the East Coast? Woo. Legally, I've told Vox Media I will not promote my OnlyFans <laughs> on our channel. Check out my Twitter. I will send. I will send it out. Or join he my mailing guitar. Box. That's what he means. I play, he plays I play guitar, guitar along with the singing. Ooh, I just want <laughs> Carol's What is it? What is it without the saxophone, though? Really, I mean, <laughs> you get Gerald Nearshire. He'll play with. He'll play with you. Oh, I would love. That's true. That'd be a great collab. Yeah. Maybe a little holiday gift for the peeps. Yeah, that last one. Yeah. Last one, real quick. Face the oh, pain. We will just watch our video on. Did we? Is, is, did we do a video out of it, or just on you? Was it only a, a tweet? Wait, a, a, a face the pain video. When we got all the fighters, we got all yeah, the yeah, fighters. Yeah, we, we did do a face the pain video early in the early can in the they, pandemic. Can they find it on YouTube though? Is it on YouTube? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Look up. Yes, guys. Look on our channel for our face the pain uh, uh, montage. We got Angela Hill. Who's in there? Angela Hill. Angela. Uh, I think we got our, our old buddy Ariel Hawani's in there. Dwight, uh, Dwight uh, Grant's in it. Um, Dwight Grant's oh, in Al, it. Al Jermaine Sterling's in it. Um, yeah. Marab Dwalish really is the star. He steals the, the show. He steals the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. What Same a song man. though. Face. I feel like face the pain was is a great theme for 2021. <laughs> I think I think a lot of us had to face the pain this year, and I hope I hope came out better for it. Um, so, uh, oh, what is the band called? The, the What's the band called? Oh, the, God. The, the, yeah. the band that sings Face the Pain? Oh, my, yes. Oh, uh, uh, why am I, why am I starting? Uh, this is so, it's like, it's like a regular word that's spelled wrong. Yeah. Someone <laughs> will mention it in the comments. Please, people, throw it in the comments. Uh, oh, what is that? Like, I am so embarrassed. I'm not going to look it up. I feel like I should remember this. What is it? Stem with two M's. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it was a it was a dumb word that spelled incorrectly, and for some reason that becomes stem. A a time a timeless song, which I'm sure has become again even more relevant during these difficult times. 2002 was the first time that song was played on a UFC broadcast. 18 years ago. Holy cow! Isn't that crazy? 
It is wow. timeless. It, you know what? It's, it, it, it is time to end this suffering. I need a minute to yeah, myself. I need a minute to myself. <laughs> who who so among I, us has not <laughs> so I can drift that. away? Yeah. Who among us has not thought that or said that? Uh, you so, will never yes, get people, to me. People, if you never, if you ever need, to, if you ever need to take a minute for, for yourself, do it. You deserve it. You deserve. It. You work hard. You work hard. Life is hard. So take. You got to stop. End that suffering. Take a minute to yourself, and you know, find that find the inner peace. Ripping into pieces. Yes. Oh, it's, a, it's a beautiful song. Into pieces. Casey, do we have Ron more Pearl? questions? I see, I see. Are there questions? Are there no, questions? Uh, Ron, uh, no, I, I will I, say I, though. I, I deleted all the fight related questions. Don't worry. Yeah, like they're gone. Yeah, that's good. I will say that Ron Perlman's opens for those pay per view events Excellent. are unbelievable. Yeah. They're so good. Do we have any, yeah. any more questions? We'll probably take a couple more. Yeah. Any two fifty six questions? Two fifty six. I mean, oh, I mean, that's a oh, good yeah. card. Here we go. Here we go. Let's answer this question. It isn't about tonight, but next week, Manel Cape, revealed by MMA Fighting's own Mike Heck, will be on standby if something happens to Figgy versus Moreno. Thoughts on another new fighter being on standby? I love it. I love it so much. I, I confirmed it with a couple different people last night. I was actually kind of excited like normally when i confirm news i don't get goosebumps but seeing manel cape in that spot kind of gave me goosebumps I, I i think it's a brilliant move it's smart especially with pantoja not being able to fight on december 19th you got cape there he's ready to go he's been training at aka so he's already out on the west coast anyways so get him in there have him on standby you got two guys coming in three weeks notice apiece, the shortest turnaround for champion and challenger in ufc history it's nice to have a guy there, and what a story that would be. And I don't want to see anything happen to Figueredo or Moreno because I'm really interested to see how that fight plays out. But what a story that would be if Manel Cape, who's had multiple fights, agreed to, signed, multiple dates, finally makes his UFC debut and he fights for a title in his first fight. That'd be so crazy, so wild. I'm actually, I'm actually interested. So if – I don't know if anyone knows the answer to this. So say if Figueredo misses weight – does that mean he's automatically pulled from the fight, or is there just a non-title fight? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I mean I, he's already missed. He's already missed once this year. Yeah, and I know, like you're 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 playing with a little bit of fire here, turning him around in three weeks. But he did put pen to paper and say, "I will be there, and I will be at 125." If he misses, I think it's for a vacant. It, you got to do a vacant title, yeah, right? They're gonna, they're gonna, so they're going to strip him from it. I mean, I mean, they may. I, I don't know. I, just, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what to do. <laughs> and but he's know, there as a backup in case somebody misses weight, even yeah. if it's the champion. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't that's know. a good question. I don't know what they'll do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I, I don't want to be the you know the mask police or anything, but I was very worried because uh, I think Ariel Hawani from um, ESPN. Um, posted a video of Figueredo getting his hair done at a salon. Mm. He is not wearing a mask. His stylist is not wearing a mask, but the camera people and the people in the background are wearing masks. So I was like, uh, I was like, guys, like, I was like, dude, Figgy, you have a main event pay-per-view coming up. I don't care if you think this is fake or whatever. He's had it already. If you get, yeah, if you get it. If Walid gets it, like, it, there's, it's like, come on, man. Like, if your corner man gets it, the fight's off. So, like, 
wear a freaking mask, man. Just so I can see you fight, because you are an amazing fighter, but you gotta show up, you gotta be there. You have to be virus-free, so that really worried me. So I'm sure Manel Cape was like, ooh, <laughs> when he saw that video. But um, but mm -hmm. I, I, lo I love I love Manel Cape as a backup. This actually makes a lot of sense for this fight. Sometimes it's just, it's just weird. Um, hey, maybe it's gonna be one of those weigh-ins where they're gonna have just like three or four or five different fighters just weigh in with like, hey, who's this guy? Remember, like, what was that one weigh-in? You had like four or five uh, on Fight Island. Yeah, which is like what? <laughs> oh yeah, that was so confusing. And then I remember, oh gosh, when uh, one of was it Robert, Robert Whitaker's teammates or something came up, yeah. and we just had no idea. That was hilarious. That was almost like they were making fun of us because at least we knew everyone else was weighing yeah. in, and then we just brought up this completely new signing, and we were just like, we, we were just like, it was like a skit. It was like a Saturday Night Live skit. It was like it was it was, it was really funny. Uh, there's one comment I just want to call out uh, from Johnny Canuck because it's just—it's not a question; it's just a nice thing to say. He said, "I thought this channel sucked for a while. That part's not nice, but <laughs> you guys made—but <laughs> you guys made an amazing comeback. LOL. This—this this Mike guy is great. So Johnny Canuck, we agree. This Mike guy is yeah. great. So thank you for uh, thank you for leaving that comment. Uh, I do want to say one thing about uh, Joseph Bose's question. I think the one thing we we just didn't mention was he also specified what do you guys think of that of a it's a new fighter." It's a new fighter that's getting, you know, I think he means a new fighter, much like Michael Chandler. It was a new fighter to the UFC. Right. And then and then was put into a championship spot. They're not, it hasn't only been new fighters. I'm trying to remember what other um, fighters have been on standby for championship fights. It's pretty rare. You know, they usually don't plan for it. It's usually only when something like this happens where a fight falls out and then they keep someone up. Pantoja, was he kept on as a standby for one of those um, flyweight titles? Mm. Am I crazy? The one I or, remember was... Didn't Cannoneer get brought Maybe. in as a backup? And he yeah, missed yeah, yeah, yeah. Weight, yeah. Oh, that was oh god, so strange. I don't remember what fight that was for. Was that two forty four? Was that for the Tilf Gasolum fight? Oh, I was gonna say Izzy Romero. It wasn't a title, so not a title fight. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, let's, I don't remember. Let's, let's, look, at, let's look at this. Let's, I do remember him missing I want to say it was two forty four. I think it was there. But well, I think more more than that. And I, may, I could be wrong, but has any backup fighter who's made weight ever actually fought? I don't know. I mean, people bring up the Joe Soto one all the time, but he wasn't like Joe Soto a was on the card. He was, he was on the card. Yeah, he was no, with somebody else. That was yeah. yeah he was not. He yeah. was not scheduled. So by by, by, uh, by having Manel Cape on the card uh, as an official backup means the fight's happening. Figgy versus Moreno is happening. <laughs> Because like as far as I remember, like anytime they have a backup, an actual scheduled backup, it's the the main event's always been fine. Whether whatever. Uh, Cannoneer, we got ourselves a. Uh, sorry, it was uh, UFC two forty eight. Um, so it was uh, Izzy and Romero. So we probably would have gotten a better fight if uh, if uh, Cannoneer had stepped in for one of those gentlemen. But um, it it does set a bit of a strange precedent to have newcomers come in and get that be so close to a title fight because when you think about how hard and how some of these guys have to compete who are already in the UFC to try and get a tell shot and how long have they been there. It's, it's a little bit, I think, discouraging, I would think, to see someone can just come, someone can just come in for their first fight and just through happenstance get a title shot. And, and I'm like, I'm like 12 and six in the UFC and like, I've never had one. It don't, it it's, don't matter. It's if it's, strange. It don't matter if you're 12 and six. It means you lost six times, man. Like, oh, this, wow. this, is, this is Manel Cape. Like, like, like these wow. fights outside the UFC don't matter, man. Like, come on. Crazy. Well, it's no, awesome. and that's a that's a good and, thing. It's and, cool. And, and Cape was in town, 
gonna be in the sure. the, the following week. So it makes sense. Yeah. Chandler makes was sense. Chandler was just there solely for that fight. Well, what I think what I'm saying is I wish they would just be more aggressive, and we, we all agree on this with scheduling backup fighters and paying them. And paying schedule them. backup fighters and pay them pay them their show money just for, if they successfully weigh in, boom, that's your show money. Uh and everything else again, everything else taken care of, you know, that you would normally take care of for a fighter coming in. So it shouldn't be at any expense to the replacement. Their place it should just be gravy for the replacement, outside of the fact that obviously they have to take a they they have to take a title fight under less than ideal circumstances. But yes, uh I, I just wish it wasn't it just looks weird when it's two of the biggest ones this year are new guys who have never fought in the UFC. But I think if it was something they did more frequently with with uh, other fighters, it wouldn't be an issue at all. Yeah, it's it's because it, just looking at the rankings right now, number two, Moreno's number one, Benavidez mm-hmm. is number two. That's not going to happen. Askar Askarov probably isn't in the country, so that's no. Alex Perez just fought for the title. He's at four. Pantoja's not in the UFC anymore. Brandon Roy Val is number six. He just lost, just lost to Moreno and he hurt his shoulder. So he's probably not even cleared to fight. So the next one in line would be Run- Rogerio Bontarine <laughs> in terms of the rankings. Wow, so, and then there's Kai Kaur France, Matt Schnell. I mean, it's got to be Metal Cape. Yeah. It just, I mean, just process elimination, where we're at in this crazy world, <laughs> him being in the US already. It just, there's, I, don't, I just don't think there's anybody else. And, and it's just smart promotion too, because it's very it's unlikely Manel Cape will actually fight in that main event. But now it gives fans and media a chance to talk about Manel Cape, get people excited about him, just know more about him. And which I feel most fans still well, he's he hasn't fought in a year now. You know, he hasn't fought since his his um his title his title win in Ryzen last year. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's it's the best option, and it's a smart it's a smart promotional move by the UFC. I got to tell you, when, when I put that tweet out, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement <laughs> around that. People were like, whoa, this is awesome. So it's good to see that people, A, know who Manel Cape is, and B, if they didn't before, I don't know if they watched like interviews or, or just like went back and saw that he signed and they went back and watched old fights and realized that this dude is, is serious. You know what confuses me about Manel Cape in a good way? I've seen, I think you've interviewed a couple of times and I'm like, he's such a guy, he's kind of a calm, quiet guy, but man, if you watch him fight or the weigh-ins, dude, he is like Mr. Intensity. He's just like, just like, just like he wants to fight everyone in the building. You know, he's, he's just like punching fire extinguishers, like running through walls. I mean, he's, he's like, so like, but like in his off time when he's not fight week, man, he's just a chill dude. I just, I, lo- I love, I love that part about the, all the personalities in this sport. Yeah, he got pretty fired up the last time I talked to him. He was he was on point. Unfortunately, oh, okay. the fight got yeah. canceled. But uh, and AK still thought it was a slip up. I don't think so. Calling Cody Garbrandt Cody Garbage and saying it like with all seriousness was one of my favorite lines of the entire year. On what the heck? Yeah, you want to? I'll fight Cody Garbage. I loved. Uh, I was like, this is great. Manel Cape versus Cody Garbrandt. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, that was close. It's it's, it's so close. Like you, like, you, like you almost, yeah. Oh man, I'm just, man. Get Manel Cape in the cage. Two fifty six oh. is a good card. It's a it's a good. It's a really really good card. You got figure. You got the title fight. Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira is ridiculous. Mike. Hanato Moicano versus Rafael Faziv. Mike. Mike. Good God. H- how many fights dropped out just today? That's that's this. <laughs> well, just, look, it's a, we a, it's a one. I think it's hard. I believe it's a 14 fight card next week. So they've stored enough chestnuts away uh, for the winner. 13. Let's put it that way. That they, 
13. So we can take a hit. Jillian Robertson. Hit. Yeah, Jillian Robertson and Andrew Lee is off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, thank you. I'm looking, that's yeah, yeah, I'm looking yeah, at so Wikipedia right now. Yeah. Hits are coming in now. And they, and they might. And look, and this might be the case for, frankly, the last two December cards, if yeah. we're being honest. Some, something has gone on. I don't know if something has changed the protocol or not. Uh, or people are just being less careful. I don't know. Uh, but we're getting a feels like we're getting a few more cancellations on these cards. Uh, it could be it could be a, a winter. I don't know. Isolation is driving people a little crazy. Uh, so they're being a little more careless in that sense. Um, uh, immune systems are just getting weaker again. We are talking about flu season. Uh, so there's a lot going on. So I, I like I said, don't be surprised at these last two cards. Yeah, we do see two or three uh, fight cancellations. Fingers crossed. I, I, hopefully this doesn't happen. Hopefully uh, we complain about long cards. Hopefully everyone's healthy. Everyone stays on. Um, but I'm just saying, uh, yeah, if people are asking, is it possible we lose a lot of fights in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, it's actually really, really possible. Yeah. So, I'm, Mike, just don't 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 get my hopes up. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm just I'm so actually I'm super excited for these last two weeks. Mm. And I, so I'm like, I'm excited. I'm excited for the Bellator card this this Thursday, too. And like, yeah, I'm just, and like, I'm just like, yeah, Lima. Like I, I was, I was supposed to go down to San Diego, and I was gonna do some videos of her, just her training and stuff. But I was like, but I was like, I can't go because just the virus, and like I can't run that risk of me giving her the virus somehow or something like that, you know. So I was like, crap. So I was just like, you know, so we we had this whole thing planned. I was gonna do, a, I was gonna do a video of her dogs and everything, and her and her her swimming and stuff. I was like, uh, I just, I, just, I had to be responsible. <laughs> that's a big fight that's a big her and uh, velasquez that's, that's probably that's the most i'd say that's the most high, highly anticipated fight of her uh title fight of her career and that's a good place to be when you're on your i think this is her fifth her fifth uh title defense that's a good place to be when you're when you keep build you you're, you're keep building interest like that um so yeah i don't know where she goes after this because velasquez is the clear 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 number one contender and probably has been for a while uh but it's great that they finally got this fight together and Fingers crossed, it stays, and we see that on Thursday. And if she beats Velasquez, yeah. Vel- Velasquez or Velasquez, Velasquez. Yeah, I, I just yeah, say Velasquez. <laughs> Velasquez. Uh, yeah, if she beats Velasquez, then um, I think just this, this, just the conversation about Alima is going to be just more fun to talk about because you know you're going to the Shevchenko things because and everything. So I think her if she if she beats Velasquez, Vas- Vas- um, it's going to be just just fun, just uh, just fun in the women's flyweight division. Uh, I spoke to her the other day, and I and I mostly jokingly said, "Look, again, there's no strawweight or bantamweight division, unfortunately, in uh, in Bellator. She would like to go up to 135 eventually, if that's a possibility." But I said, "How about a would you go up one more division? The two biggest women stars in Bellator, you and Cyborg." And and her response was literally, she said, "Do you want me to die?" Uh, so I do. So, <laughs> Which I, so I, I love do that not about think, her. I do not think we will be seeing uh, Lee McFarlane versus the Chris Cyborg super fight anytime soon. Uh, so there you go. There's your update if anyone wants to know. Isn't it refreshing for go. a fighter to, to say they're not invincible? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like talk, not, not, not like talk up this fight that you know is not going to happen. Like, yeah. no, she knows. It was a bit of a silly question. And obviously, she, she, and she answered as such. So <laughs> you respect that. Um, Got anything else? We could probably take like one more if one there's more, anything more. juicy. I like, I, I, I like this question actually. Uh, where did we go? Who do you think improved oh. more from their last fight, Izzy or Marvin? From from their wait from their last from Izzy versus Marvin. I'm assuming the not from, when, they, when when they originally fought. Yeah. This, this. Oh, I, I thought like Iz, I thought Izzy always said a great thing. Like I think during that fight week, he said, "If you want to beat me." You better fight me last week or something like that because I'm only getting better, and I wonder that about about. Now I'm thinking about Marvin though. 
because I didn't think Marvin was going to win tonight, but he clearly is a smarter, just more well-rounded, better fighter. So um, I actually don't know the answer to this. I mean, I think by default, Izzy wins just because, I mean, look at look at the competition that Izzy's beaten. And like he's has he has gotten better each and every fight. Like people poo-poo the Romero fight, but I mean that's just he won. that's just a stylistic kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Because you can't go in there and like do what you did to Costa to Romero because you put yourself in, in some serious jeopardy. But I think a lot of people picked Izzy to beat Paulo Costa. I don't know if anybody picked is I mean, besides Izzy himself, Izzy pretty much guaranteed. Like, I'm gonna go in there and just blast this dude. It ain't gonna be close. It's not even gonna be competitive at all. And there are a lot of people who thought Paulo Costa had a really good chance of, of winning that fight. And Izzy just looked, I mean, he pitched a perfect game. He pitched a perfect game. And we haven't I mean, we've seen Vittori get finishes, but we haven't seen Vittori just go out there and just annihilate somebody in the top five like that. I mean, that's just unfair. That was just unfair to watch. Vittori has think, improved a lot, though. No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. I think the case for Vittori would be it's a little, also, it is difficult to gauge. We've seen Izzy quite a few more times than we have uh, Vittori, so we can kind of gauge how much it's improved a bit more. Uh, I think that the thing is, uh, the, the case for Vittori would be how much of a finished product was uh, Adesanya by the time he made it to the UFC? Because he was, um, let me look here, he was uh, 11 and 0. So, you know, still not, not like the, not. A ton of experience, but plus the kickboxing. Um, so I think so. Ask how different is he from the first time we saw him? Uh, again, I, I probably would lean towards Disney as well, but I, I understand why why the question is posed because Vittori, again from that loss uh, has looked very good since. Has shown a few more aspects of his game. Um, it's funny he has good submission skills, but is still kind of perceived as a striker. But he got to show the submission skills against uh, Carl Roberson, and then he got to show a lot a lot of the striking uh, tonight against against Jack Hermanson. So. Um, I think it's closer maybe than what we're saying, but uh, Adesanya, yeah, you got to give him the edge. It's it's he's had the benefit of just the level of competition just keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher. So iron sharpens iron. Um, I have to imagine, even though maybe it's been more incremental because we've seen uh, Izzy fight more, but I would I would go with Izzy. But yeah, Vittori for sure, for sure, since that first fight, um, it, it, it man, that maturity is just you, you can't you can't put a price on, on maturity, and he's he's showing it a lot as he uh, as he goes uh, his age 27, 28 uh, years. So yeah, good stuff. But uh, yeah, I like a great question. I'm gonna and I've said I've said this a few times before. I think the fact that Vittori fought Izzy the time he fought him was like the best thing that could have happened to him because mm-hmm. he I mean, Izzy came in talking that talking that greasiness as Jose Youngs likes to say and you could tell it got to Marvin I mean it definitely did and it gets to a lot of people because Izzy's just just such he's just so good with the verbal warfare he could just he could beat guys before he get in the octagon did the same thing with Paulo Costa I mean he he was in Paulo's head like right off the jump like just the things that they said back and forth and Izzy just so confident just shrugged it all off like he's just so good like that and like we've seen connor do that to, to guys as well so i'm probably to poirier the first time around and jose Al- aldo i mean eddie that's a time example eddie alvarez too like but now vittori's been there before he's seen it it'd be a little it'd be very interesting I mean, you know is he's going to turn that dial up to like a thousand if they fight again but vittori's seen it already so that rematch becomes even more interesting because of the mental approach to the fight as well 
Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of heat for that rematch, which again, after their after their first fight, I don't know if I would have said that. I mean, it was a good fight, but I don't know if anyone after was clamoring for like, oh, I can't wait to see these two fight again. Um, but they've certainly uh, again, they've both taken care of business and Vittori has definitely done his part. So, yeah, that, that's a marketable rematch for sure. I think Vittori is just missing that. He needs that one that one big knockout, though, like, you know, because unfortunately he's going to have decisions. But if he keeps winning just of the storyline alone, uh, the rematch and just Vittori just isn't afraid to. No, just say whatever you want on the mic. So, um, but I want to toot my own horn real quick. Look at this. Look at this. Can you read that? Oh my gosh. Wait, was that? No. Oh, this is your. Oh, I thought it was tonight. I thought you. No, no. no These are all my picks tonight. for on topology wow. of Izzy throughout the throughout the his his span right. of the UFC. Yeah, and look, three perfects and, in there. And look at look at his last fight against Costa. Uh-huh. Perfecto. Sure. Wow. <laughs> You've done it a couple yeah, times. Great. Yeah, Casey, you're great. We know this. I know. I know. I mean, who who won you the picks, who won the picks tonight? Jason Herzog. Not said me. You, you were you were <laughs> one of. The, <laughs> Casey did win our picks tonight, uh, uh, and uh, Jason Herzog said you're one of the greatest. Casey, I'm not going to argue with him. So yeah, Jason, he, he 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 never he's never been wrong. That's kind of his thing. No. He's literally never been wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. Sometimes I just pick with st- strategery. So like I picked Jose Quinones to be Luis Mocha. I still thought, and and I even said it to Casey like during the fight. I think Quinones is the better fighter, but he's chinny as hell. But Smoka just as soon as he got into the mat, very opportunistic and just thumped on him. Smoka oh, looked great tonight. That takedown, takedown to uh, kind of judo oh, hip awesome. throw to right straight to mount and like oh my goodness, like I, you know at the beginning of that fight, I, I thought Smoka was didn't look too good at the beginning, like at least the first half round. But um yeah, um. Man, but you know, for a th- a throwaway fight night, we we talked an hour and a half, guys. Well, I think we had to make up for some of the lost. You know, this is for the lack of fights. That yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly thought there was a chance that um, tonight's show was going to get canceled, and I think we we would have just hopped on and said we're going to do like a three or four hour show, right? Like live <laughs> chat. Like I would I would have done it honestly. I would have done it. Uh, to talk about again, talk about the fights that should have happened. We we could have predicted. Well, we could have yeah. Oh, here's how this fight would have gone if it if it had happened. And, we, and we'll talk about some matchmaking. Give a little on to the next one preview things like that. Uh, yeah. So we would have people. We would have been here for you if there was no fight card tonight. Thank goodness it did not get canceled. But if it had been, we would have been here for you. We would have done like an Errol Spence watch along or something. Yeah. <laughs> we would have found a way. <laughs> OnlyFans.com forward slash Candy hey, Lee. Candy Lee. I'm not, I'm not allowed candy to do that. Candy Lee with no, 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 don't, don't get me fired. You didn't. I'm I did. I'm not, it doesn't matter. I, Box Media, Box Overlords. John, John Legend. John Legend is part of our, our, uh, our committee, by the way. John Legend, I apologize. Uh, that, that, I did not, I don't know. I did not tell you about OnlyFans. Fair enough. You can find the musical stylings of AK on on to the next one which will drop sometime tomorrow. At worst, you'll get a Monday morning. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast network and never miss an episode. With that being said, UFC Vegas 16 is in the books. It is now, as Bill Belichick would say, paraphrasing him, it's on to UFC 256 coming up. Now it's Sunday, this coming Saturday night at the Apex. Headlined by Davis Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno. Should be a hell of a card. Lots about that card coming up throughout the week. But for the meantime... We are out of here for Casey Lydon, for Alex Kaylee. I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Thanks, viewers. You guys are the best.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.